0: thank you for tuning into our message here at catalyst church we're excited that you're with us stay tuned at the end to find out more ways that you can connect with us we hope you enjoy the message all right let's hear it for the lord on that you guys come on praise god that was awful that was awful It's like you're clapping for some mediocre thing. Let's give it up for the Lord, you guys. Come on. I had a couple of verses come to mind while we were singing, and I love it. um, Because sometimes you get immersed in in the words and in the worship. And uh, the Bible says in Psalms 22 that the Lord inhabits or is enthroned in the praises of Israel or his people. And so there's something special about the presence of God that we experience in the midst of worship. And, uh, and then this one came to mind. I haven't read in a long time. It's Zephaniah 3.17, which says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And that part where it says he will rejoice over you with singing. And isn't that interesting that not only do we sing to the Lord, but he sings songs to us. And sometimes it happens simultaneously that he's, we're worshiping him, but he's speaking to us through the worship, and he's encouraging us and reminding us of truths, and, and I just feel like, like, wow, what a powerful thing it is to worship and sing together. So man, um, I love that our church loves to worship, I love that we engage in it, and I heard you singing in the front, I love sitting in the front, because I get all the, you know, the joyful noises uh, from you guys, so... Uh, I have an announcement before we get started on our message, and that's if if you came in, you, you probably sat on a card like this, okay? So pull it out, and um, it's, it's our Catalyst Church relocation comment card, okay? We've been talking about our relocation, how the Lord has absolutely provided in a way that none of us even dreamt of or imagined. He really is doing a mighty work. And as Connie mentioned, we were there with the leaders yesterday, uh, dreaming, praying, asking God for direction and wisdom, because it's a big undertaking, but it's going to be a a huge blessing to all of us. And um, one of my desires, one of my prayers, is that all of us would not only go and be a part of this, a part of this blessing, but that all of us would get involved, okay? Now, I've been telling you that I, I don't want anybody to stay behind, okay? And, uh, and I mean that. However, I don't want you to feel guilty if the Lord is moving you on or whatever. And so um, I hope that comes across okay. It's just, I, I really love you guys. And when you're a family, it's like the thought of not having part of your family with you is hard, right? And I don't imagine that many of you are thinking this. But I just, I wanted to create this space for it, Okay. So, what this comment card uh, has is a section for your name, your phone, your email, all right? And then there's various categories that I thought might include the various people that are here. And uh, the first one, as you can see, is I'm in, let's do this, all right? Hoping that everybody marks that one. Uh, I'm in, but I have questions, and that's absolutely fair. And so, we would love for you to. Check that if you have some questions, if you know you're still trying to figure out uh, what's happening and what to do. If you've missed a couple Sundays, maybe you've missed some of the announcements and this is fairly new to you. You don't uh, know everything. Um, The other one is, I'm in. How can I help? Okay. Now, just to let you know. We've been talking about this as a huge blessing, first of all, because we're not going to have to set up and tear down, we're not going to have to share space with classrooms and be worried that the teacher's going to come in and complain, and you know the fear of getting kicked out, and so that's all well and good, we're going to be able to leave stuff, and in some ways it's going to be a lot less work for our people, but in some ways it's going to be a lot more work, okay? And so things, for example, like parking attendants, we're going to need people to, to do that. We're going to need people to help beautify the place on the 22nd. We're going to need some skilled laborers. If you have any skills in construction, electricity, whatever, uh, we have plans that go months, months, and, and even years into the future where we'll be uh, needing that. Um, if you have resources, finances, uh, we're, we're going to start an offering uh, so that we can uh, go into this place and have the finances to be able to remodel some of the things. And so uh, all of those things we need and we want everyone to be involved from our church. So, so that's a very important one if you, if you want to help. And by the way, you can help in a variety of ways. Um, and once you sign up, Once you sign up and let us know, we will email you the list of where we need help and then maybe you can volunteer for what that is. But in the meantime, you're saying, you know what, I'm available and I can help by praying or I can help by providing for a new roof or whatever is needed. You know, the the small and the large, we need it all. Um, The next one is uh, I have some concerns. We want to open it up so that you can at least voice your concerns and we can answer them as best as we can. I'll have to pray about it. That's totally okay. And then the other one, the last one that I almost didn't even want to include because I don't even want to think about it. But again, I want to give space to everything. Unfortunately, I'll need to find a new church home. And then, guys, the promise is still there. We always talk about this from the front that um, if... If God is calling you, or you want to keep looking for a church, please talk to me because I know a lot of churches in the area, and a lot of pastors. There's a lot of great things going on uh, in in churches in San Diego, and I can help you uh, get plugged in if you would like that. So, would you like some recommendations for churches? Push yes, no, thanks. And then the last one is I'd like I'd like it if someone on the elder team called me to discuss my situation. Uh, we understand that there might be some specific uh, situations that you're a part of that that um, you'd like to talk to us about, and so we wanna open it up for that. Does that make sense? Okay, so fill this out if you can, and then over here by the next steps table, the visitor center, there's a box. Fold it in half, put it in there, and only the leadership team will see it, okay? So we're not gonna announce your name, we're not gonna put these all up on here, so these are the people that aren't, you know, <laughs> we won't do that. Uh, we will keep this private and, and, and we'll go from there, okay? Sound good? All right. I think I think that's good. Anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, for the 22nd, when we have our workday, it's going to be us and also uh, the people from Paradise Hills. They're very excited to meet you. We're very excited to have you meet them. And so the idea for this workday is just to do some simple Stuff, but mainly to get to know the people there at Paradise Hill. So it's a very important thing that you're a part of, not just for the work, but also to get to know some of the people from Paradise Hill. So I encourage you to sign up. And Connie already mentioned that there's two hour slots. It's totally okay to sign up for both. Okay, you don't have to sign up just for one. If you want extra blessings, treasures in heaven, you sign up for the whole thing, and then that that that'll get you that. But um as, again, we don't have all the specific things that we're gonna be doing. Once you sign up, that's why, don't wait to sign up, okay? Even if you're like, oh, I gotta check my schedule. If there's a chance that you could be there, sign up, okay? Uh, We're not gonna take attendance. We're just, sign up. Uh, because that will trigger the email that needs to go out to tell you, okay, here's all the things that we're doing, like yard work, painting, moving furniture, so on and so forth, so that if you have some of the tools or some of the resources that are needed for that, you can say, oh, I'll bring a lawnmower, oh, I'll bring a weed whacker, I'll bring a trash can, whatever. You know what I mean? So make sure that you sign up um, as soon as possible to be a part of the 22nd. And my my desire is that everyone would have something that they contributed to this. Okay, it's very, very important that you, when you drive up, you're like, "See, you see how nice that little flower bed looks." That's right. I did that, right? Like that, that you have some ownership of this. That you contributed to what is happening in this, and so it's very important that we all own this. I, I told the leaders yesterday, um, "This is our building, right? This is our blessing from God." And so it's not, it's not mine, it's not Jen's, it's not the elders, it's, not, it, it's ours. God gave this to us. Somebody yesterday um, said, you know, you know what it makes me feel like? Like the verse that says, you know, he who is faithful in the small things will be given greater things to steward, right? And, uh, and I thought about that, and I'm like, okay, God, I, I see all the imperfections, all the unfaithfulness that we've done, so I don't know about that. All I know is that God is entrusting us with more, amen? And he's entrusting us with, with new opportunities to reach a community like we've never had before. And so this is an exciting part, and I want you all to be a part of it. And so don't wait. Don't think about it too much. Go over there and sign up. Fill this out, even by faith, and let us know because uh, we want to we wanna be able to, to count uh, on the people that are going to be there. And then we also want to be able to address uh, your questions And and concerns make sense. We all good. Say amen, amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, I'm just so grateful for this church body, my family. Uh, When I'm away, I miss them. Um, I think about them all the time. When we're thinking, when we're when we're praying and singing songs about how you break chains, I'm thinking of the people that I'm in this congregation that I'm I'm praying for their chains to break because things I know in their life and and hardships. And, and when we're praying about your faithfulness, I, I'm praying for different people in this congregation that they would realize your faithfulness. And well, it's just, they're on my mind all the time. And I know that they're in each other's minds all the time. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. We don't want to take it for granted. And I just know that when you are moving us, you're calling us as a family to go and to be missionaries in Paradise Hills, to spread the good news to spread this thing called a spiritual family that really revolutionizes everything in our lives. We're not alone anymore. We have people that bear burdens with us. We have people that we minister to, that we laugh and cry together with, that that we know they got our backs no matter what. It's it's a beautiful thing. And I believe that that that's what the world longs for. And so we want to share that with as many people as possible. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the increased territory that you've given us. I pray, Father, we'd be faithful. I pray, Father, that you'd put it on everybody's hearts to just be excited to move forward and to to be a part of what you're doing. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this place. We thank you for what you've done uh, as we're here at Sherman. And Lord, we're not going to forget about our friends here. Um, We're just going to be at a little bit further distance, but Lord God, uh, we know that you've called us to bless this this school in particular as well. So help us to do that. Help us to, um, to be faithful with everything that you've put on our plates, Lord God, and empower us to do it because we can't do it on our own. We really need you. We need your spirit. So thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. And all God's people prayed. Amen. Amen. All right, so open up your Bibles to 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 through 10. This is part two of our message from last week, uh, where we're calling it Destiny Changing Prayer, that you can pray in such a way that you see God move, that you see God bless, that you see God expand your, your level of influence, that, that you can see transformation. Our whole vision is this, We believe it, right? That people are transformed by Jesus. And that's what this prayer is about. It's about seeing a level of transformation in your life that you've never seen before. And um, we talked about how last week, uh, we examined this this guy that's in the middle of 500 names, 500 names in a genealogy, Just this person had this son, and this person had this son, and this daughter, and this son had this son. And it basically goes on for 500 names. But in the middle of it, there's this one guy that gets special treatment. He gets highlighted. all right. Like on your Facebook post, it's a sponsored post that everybody needs to see because there's something special about this guy. And so God is showing us, this is what I want you to see about this man, what made him special. We know God doesn't have any favorites. But man, he does highlight things that stand out to him. And so when we look at this guy, we're we're seeing from God's eyes, there's something that I want you to learn from this guy named Jabez. And the interesting thing is that Jabez is not known for what he did. In this culture where what we do, what we achieve is so elevated, this guy is the opposite. He's not elevated because of what he did. He's highlighted because of what he prayed. This guy prayed a prayer that made him stand out above the rest. And it even starts off like that. It says this in verse 9 and 10 of chapter 4. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. It makes him stand out. He's more honorable. Well, what made him stand out? Well, part of it is this prayer. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. So it's not because he was... He started off so good. There was a painful birth. He was the one that prayed to the God of Israel. It says, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from trouble and pain and from causing pain. And God granted him his request. This prayer made him stand out. This prayer honored God in such a way that he said absolutely yes and amen to that prayer. All right? And as way of review, for those of you who weren't here, uh, we broke down the four parts of his prayer that honored God. The first part was, bless me indeed. You guys remember that? Everybody say, bless me indeed. Ready, to go. Bless me indeed. He prayed for blessing in his life. And now we talked about what blessing is. Blessing, when you see it in the scripture, is nothing more than a desire for more of God's supernatural goodness in your life. And you want it in such a way that you notice it and others notice it around you. More of God's goodness. The word blessing is sometimes translated gift. And man, I've been so consumed by this word bless. I actually did a a word study and I found some extra stuff that I didn't even share with you last week. But but the thing about blessings in the scripture is that sometimes blessings are physical. Sometimes they are spiritual. Sometimes they are now. Sometimes they're reserved for heaven. Sometimes they're intuitive. Sometimes they're counterintuitive. And I wish I could go into all that. That's going to be another series. Because... Physical. I mean, we, we see God blessing people with finances, with children, with property, with things. like God does that, okay? I know that there's so much abuse in Christendom about this that, that we, we feel like we can manipulate God to getting just what we, what we want out of our selfish reasons. And, and I reject that kind of theology. At the same time, we, we shouldn't throw everything away because God really does bless us in that way. And it's okay to ask for that, but sometimes the the blessings are spiritual, okay? Sometimes he's going to not give us the physical because it will bless us spiritually. And that's the thing about God, right? Sometimes they're now. We will see the blessing of God in the here and now. I mean, we could look at the track record of our lives and we see, wow, look at all those blessings that God gave me. Sometimes they're reserved for you in heaven. And I have verses for all of this. But we need to keep that in mind. Sometimes they're intuitive, like, okay, I see that new thing that God blessed me with. I see that as a blessing. Sometimes they're counterintuitive, meaning this hardship that I'm going through that's going to grow me and humble me and cause me to stay stay close to God. That's a blessing, but it's counterintuitive, is it not? So when we talk about blessings, and, and what's really cool about Jabez's prayer is that he never specified what he wanted as a result of the blessing. He left that in God's hands. He just said, bless me, Lord. And by saying that, he's basically saying, Lord, you know what's best for me. I just want your very best in my life. I want it to be evident. I want it to be abundant, whatever you decide. He's saying, I want nothing more than your perfect will for my life. And what we realize here, God God says, absolutely, I got you, son. God is a God who loves to bless his people. God is a God who loves to bless. He wants to bless you right now. He wants you to ask for blessing. Okay, so that's what we talked about last week. Bless me indeed. The second thing is increase my territory, or expand my territory. Everybody say, increase my territory. Ready? Go. Increase my territory. In other words, what he's asking for is, Lord, give me more stewardship. I'm in charge over this much, and this is the cry of a guy that's, that's saying, he's looking at his life, and he's like, man, Lord, I, I believe I was made for more than this. I want more. I want more influence. I want more stewardship. I want more opportunity to serve you. And that's what he's asking. I want more. I want more of your power in my life. I want to be used of you in a greater way. This is the cry of a heart. If we we could look in the New Testament at a parallel scripture, the cry of a heart of a person who believes John 15. Do you remember that scripture? We preached on it several times here. But John 15, 8 says this. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear how much? much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The the guy who says, I am made for more than this, Lord. I want to experience more of your power in my life. I want to do greater things for you is a person that wants to bear much fruit. And that's a good thing. And God is honored by that. And he answers those kinds of prayers. By the way, when we're asking for more influence and more opportunity to serve the Lord, it can be a huge, complex desire like planting a church, right? Like that's a big increase in territory. Maybe you're praying to, to, for God to provide a way for you to go be a missionary across the Atlantic somewhere, right? And that's a big, huge increase my territory worldwide, Lord God. Uh, maybe owning a business so that you can hire people and influence them and encourage and have more resources to give to missions. You're asking for more opportunity to steward God's research to make a difference. All of those are great, but it could be big. But let me tell you something, it could be small too. It could be simple daily things. You can ask for God to increase your territory, by meeting someone that needs a word of encouragement. Can I get an amen? That's increased ministries. Like, Lord, today, give me an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. That's increased territory. It's not the massive things that we're kind of used to. We, we look on YouTube, we look at it, and we see all these big ministries. All these things. I mean, God, God is honored by those. But, hey, how about just praying that you reach your neighbor? An opportunity to share the gospel with them, right? Send me, send me someone today. Basically, it's I want to make a bigger difference for you. I want more opportunity. And Javis was motivated by this because he knew that what he offered to God, the fruitfulness of his life is what honored God in the end, and he wanted to live for that. And let me tell you, who's the one that prepares those opportunities? Why do we pray like Jabez? Because God is the one that gives them. If you want to make a bigger impact, God is the one that lays these things before you. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship. In other words, we're his project, right? Like we're the work of his hands, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. So he saves us, he creates us, he makes us new in Christ Jesus, and then he sends us off to do good works, And then look at what it says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God is the one that's laying opportunities. And so what you're in essence doing is, Lord, be faithful to that verse in Ephesians 2.10. And give me even more opportunities. You're the one that lays them down. I want more opportunities to make an impact for your name. I don't want to waste my life. I want more, Lord Jesus. And he will do it. And then Titus 2.14. I love this verse because it shows us that we are made for this. If you're struggling with purposelessness in your life, perhaps it's because you're not living the purpose that God has for you, which is to live for Him in a passionate way. It's not just to go through the motions and just wait for heaven and be like, yeah, I'm saved, okay, let's just wait the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Titus 2.14 says, He gave himself for us, this is Jesus, he gave himself for us, to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possessions, here it is, who are zealous for good works. God sent Jesus Christ to die for your zeal. He died for you to be zealous to serve him for good works. And just a side note on this these first two things, it's good to desire more. It is good to desire more blessing, to desire more influence for the Lord. A lot of times we think, like, man, if you're praying for more for you, like, isn't that selfish? If you're praying for more status, more leadership, isn't that selfish? Look at 1 Timothy 3.1. It says, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of an overseer in the church, he desires a noble task. To desire to do more is a good thing. So so, so often we think of wanting to be a leader and leadership position as a negative thing. As if it's arrogant, but it's not. Desiring more blessing, desiring more leadership, more influence is a good thing and honors God. Now, here's a caveat. As with anything, and I mean anything, okay, you have to check your motives. Amen? You have to check your motives. Uh, but if you do and your conscience is clear, you say, I'm asking for more out of a good heart. I believe it. Lord, if it's not, show me and I will, you know, forget about it. I mean, if you have that kind of heart, it is a good Thing. It is a good thing. I've seen people who are proud, obviously, because they have a lot of wealth, right? They have a lot of power. They have that position, and it just builds up this pride in them. But let me tell you what I've seen as well. I've seen people who are proud because they sacrifice a Saturday to go feed the homeless. And they say, I'm better than those people who are watching football right now. I mean, Pride can come in all shapes, forms, and sizes. And so to desire more from God, to desire more of an influence is not necessarily a bad thing. You check your motives, but if it is, it honors God. Jabez prayed it, and God said, that prayer honors me. I answer it. Amen? Amen. So check your motives, but pray. All right. You're like, are we done with the sermon, or is that? That's just the intro. All right, but I'm going to move quickly, okay? Uh, So number three, here's the third part of Jabez's prayer. May your hand be upon me. Everybody say that together. Ready? May your hand be upon me. The hand of the Lord is always referring to the strength of God and his work. It's his power. We're acknowledging it's his ability, not mine, to do something. Okay, So when, when Javis prays, may your hand be upon me, he's asking God to do something for him that he can't do for himself. Outside when you walked in, we have a quote. I don't even know if you guys read those anymore. You know how like when things are up all the time, you don't realize it. But every once in a while, I check over there and I'm like, yes, Lord, I, I remember that. But how many of you guys saw the sign out there that says God can do more in a moment than we can ever do for ourselves in a lifetime? How many of you guys saw that, okay? That's what this prayer is all about. God can do more in a moment than we could ever do in an entire lifetime. And when prayer, when Jabez prays this prayer, he's literally asking, Lord, you do this. This is this is way too much for me. I know that you could do it. You can pave the way, you can part the sea, you can move the mountain, you and you alone can do that. I cannot do it. And God does it. When you pray these prayers and you believe and Oftentimes we get to see it. We, we see him miraculously do something for you, or he works in others to give favor when you're approaching them. He can work in you sometimes. Sometimes the change happens in you, and he grows you to be, to be able to handle a task. Um, it's, it's basically him working in us and for us. Amen? Psalm 118 says this about the hand of the Lord. The right hand of the Lord exalts the right hand of the lord does valiantly okay it's his work it's his ability that goes beyond anything we could ever do we just studied nehemiah do you remember what he says he he constantly mentions in this book three times that he was able to do something that was seemingly impossible Okay, like for example, going to a king and asking if he could rebuild the walls of a conquered city that may or may not be an enemy in the future. He's like, can I go do that? All right, seemingly impossible task. But the king says, yes. And Nehemiah acknowledges the one and only reason for that. He says, look at Nehemiah 2.8. The second part of this is, and the king granted these requests. Why? Because the gracious hand of God was on me. Implication, if God's hand wasn't on me, oh, I, I might have even been killed for treason. There's no way that could have happened without the hand of God. There's so many other verses. Psalm 138, 7. I'll do this quickly. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you, Lord, preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. And what? Your right hand delivers me. Your powerful right hand does for me what I cannot do for myself. John 10, 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand what is he saying he's like we can't keep ourselves saved we would blow it but God's right hand can keep us saved amen he does for us what we can't do for ourselves and Jabez here's this guy who knows he needs God desperately and if God doesn't intervene nothing will change in his life and here's how it works I saw this this week and I I, I believe it's true let me suggest this thing so, Jabez begins by pray, praying for blessing. Then he prays for expanded territory, more influence, more opportunities. And then he prays for God's hand to be on him. And the way it works is when you begin to pray for more blessings, for God to expand your territory, often what happens is you get in way over your head. Amen? God gives you a task so big that you're like, Oh, wait, I didn't know it was this. Right? Right? It happened to me. I'm like, Lord, give us a building, please. Give us a building. And then we get a building. I'm like, oh, dang. I didn't know I had to be a landlord. Oh, dang. I didn't know I had to, like, manage, you know, legal stuff and all. I just want to preach and pray and minister to people and go to Super Bowl parties. That's what I want to do, right? And God's like, no, you're going to be a landlord now. You're going to be a property owner now. You're going to have to increase in leadership. And I'm like, Lord, I... I can't do this. My prayer has been this. May your hand be on me, Lord. May your hand be on me so that I can either get the knowledge or or somebody comes on the team that has more knowledge than me, or, but you're going to have to work some of these things out. I know people are busy. If I ask that guy, I don't think he has time, but Lord, you know you know what's going to have to happen for us to do this. And And so that's been my prayer, and and that's what it is. You know, when when we want more from God, it's not just more, and it's easy, and, and we just get to coast. You know, I think oftentimes, he gives us more than we can handle so that we can keep coming to him. Amen? Here's the bad part. What most Christians do is they usually feel like something's going wrong. They feel overwhelmed, and they're in over their heads, even though they ask for more. And all of a sudden, they feel like, oh, I did something wrong. I'm in the wrong place. They want to quit. Depression hits, all kinds of doubts and discouragements. Do you remember when we talked about Nehemiah, how he prayed for the open door? God gives him the open door. And what happens immediately? Problems, challenges, things he wasn't expecting All of these things just come into his life and that's what happens. What we learn from Jabez and Nehemiah is that this is normal. It's normal to feel like you're in over your head. It's it's a part of growing. It's a part of trusting God and it's the one thing that keeps us tethered to God like, God, I'm not letting go because if I do, I'm going to fail. Happens all the time. But instead of quitting... Instead of being discouraged, instead of laying down, instead of allowing the enemy to talk you out of something, start, and, and, and before you start dreaming of a simpler life, man, if I could just, I'll add this. Don't judge me for it. There's a lot of times in ministry when I've dreamt about being an Uber driver. I'm not joking. I'm like, dude, it would be so nice. Because you don't even have to talk to people if you don't want to, right? You just drive them right, maybe talk a little bit, but not a lot, and just drive, make some money, go home, I'm done for the day, play with my kids, I mean, that that sounds good, but I know myself, right, and I know what God's called me to, so I know even if I'm an Uber driver, before you know it, I'd probably be thinking of ways that I could, like, have a conversation, get to know them, asking if I could pray for them, right, I'd probably figure out a way to put Bibles in the back, just like, hey, if you want one, right, some tracks. Probably figure out a way to like counsel them. Hey, how's life going? How's your marriage? You know, all this stuff. And maybe put some sermons or worship music in there. And before you know it, I got a church in a car, right? I'm like, oh, dang, I created a church in my Uber car uh, because we got prayer, we got preaching, we got, you know, all this. And there's just no way around. The grass is never greener. What we need is not to lay down and fantasize about an easier life. What we need is the hand of God on us. A hand of God with us to empower us to do for ourselves what we cannot do because we want our lives to matter for eternity. Amen? So, we have blessed me indeed. We have expand my territory. May your hand be upon me. And when we pray that, we begin to sense just... Do you see how you begin to sense just this power and excitement in your life? And by the way, this has happened in my life many times. Like afterwards, when something's too difficult and you ask for God, you step out in faith, and he's the only one that can take you out. And you see him work in a way that you've never seen him work. I mean, your spirit rejoices. It rejoices. And you say, this is wonderful. This is amazing. You're you're glorious, God. And I think that's why he does it, because we get to see him in a greater way. So we have those things. May your hand be upon me. And then number four, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. This is the cry of a man who is desperately concerned about his future. You would think that a guy who's already prayed like three out of four amazing, godly, faith-filled prayers, he wouldn't have any concerns or doubts or worries in his life, but... Fears, doubts, and concerns are a part of everyone's life, whether you're godly or not. Amen? They come to all of us. You're normal. You're normal if you have this. If you don't, something's wrong with you. You're in denial, or maybe your mind isn't right, because it comes to all of us. But he's deeply concerned. You remember his name? Last week we talked about how his name literally means will cause pain. Will cause pain. Pain, his nickname could have been pain in the neck, right? Like we would say, that's his name. Mom, you need to take some mothering classes right away. But in Jewish culture, we realize that a name is not just a name because it sounds cool like we name kids today. In Jewish culture, it, it, was, it meant something. And it was meant to, to remind everybody that when he came into this world, it was a painful birth for the mother. It's like, I'm going to memorialize that. You caused me a lot of pain, and you're going to remember every day, right, what I did for you to bring you into this world. So that's part of it. But the second part of it is that names served as prophecies oftentimes, so, your name determined your legacy, how you would be remembered, what the pathway of your life would be. In Jewish culture, that's what it was. And so, right away, we see that he's concerned about that. How do we know? Because his last prayer is, Lord, keep me from evil, that this doesn't come true. Protect me from being a Jabez, is what he's praying. I don't want that to be my legacy, Lord. I started off like that, but I want to end way different. And I know that you can do it. It doesn't have to be like that because you are sovereign over all. And you can direct my pathway in a different way if you should want. And he prays for that. He prays. And it's such an encouragement to me. I love this part. Because no matter where you are now, no matter where you started, there's always hope for you to finish well. Even if you started poorly. You may have come from a broken past. God can remedy that and heal you and make you a light for other people who are broken. You may have a history of divorce in your family. It doesn't have to be you. You may have a history of addiction. You may have a propensity for selfishness, for anger, for depression, for worry. Whatever it is, That may be where you're at right now, but it doesn't have to be where you're at when you finish the race, amen? God is able to transform you, and I believe that. That's why we say, people, transformed by Jesus, because Jesus has the power to change and make you new. Jabez did that, and in his prayer for a transformed life, he basically prays for two things. He says, protect me, Lord, from that kind of life. Protect me, keep me from evil, And then give me a different legacy, Lord. I want to finish differently than when I started. And notice how he prays this. This is so awesome. It does not say keep me through evil, right? Or help me stay strong in the midst of temptation. He says keep me from evil. Keep me from it. I don't even want to face it. Bruce Wilkinson, who wrote a book on this passage, It says, the most effective war against sin is to pray that we will not even have to fight. Can I get an amen? The most effective war against sin is to pray that we will not have to fight. Keep me from these things, Lord. I don't even want to be tempted. And isn't that what Jesus taught us to pray? when When he prayed his prayer in Matthew 6, the disciples ask him, how should we pray? He says like this, and this is part of it, Matthew 6, 13, he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So many times I pray, I want to be strong, help me to endure. Help. You know, these aren't bad prayers, but when it comes to temptation, the more biblical thing to pray is keep me from even facing Temptation. That's more biblical when when fighting for the struggle. God wants us to pray, man, I don't even want to have to fight that because I can't trust myself. Can I get an amen? I'm not strong enough, strong enough to deal with this stuff. And so keep me from temptation. Help me to avoid it. Amen? All right. So what are the four things? You guys remember? Everybody say with me. Bless me indeed. Ready? Go. Bless me indeed. Number two, expand my territory. Ready? Go. Expand my territory. Number three, may your hand be upon me. Ready? Go. May your hand be upon me. And number four, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Ready? Go. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Now, just looked at Jabez's prayer, and I want us to think about how this passage started and how it ended. This passage starts with Jabez that he's more honorable than all of his brothers. And it ends with, and God answered his prayer. Two bookends, okay? Here's the question that I ask myself when I look at a passage like this. What kind of prayer does an honorable man pray? So if you knew the godliest person in the world, what kind of prayers do they pray? You walk you know, maybe by their office and you hear them praying, you overhear. In our minds, are we thinking that they pray like this? Or are we thinking of something different? This is an honorable man's prayer. And then the the second part is, the second question is, what kind of prayer does God love to answer? This isn't all the types of prayers that God loves to answer, but pay attention, God loves to answer these prayers. He said yes to Jabez. He loves to answer prayers for more blessing, for more influence, for his hand to open doors and do things that you cannot do for yourself, and for protection, for a different legacy. Those kinds of things are things that an honorable man prays and that God loves to answer. Why? Because it's an honest prayer right it's an honest prayer it's a humble prayer that acknowledges that god is big i'm small you're going to have to do this you're the giver of all good things right so i want more blessing lord it's a faith filled prayer believing that god is able and willing to answer when you ask it's a desperate prayer knowing, knowing that there's no hope unless god protects and transforms his life it's a prayer it's a destiny changing Prayer, and it falls in line with who God is, and that's why it's a powerful prayer. That's why God answered it. That's why it honors him. And here's what concerns me. When I look at my own prayer life and the prayer life of people, I believe we're missing out. I believe we're missing out because for some reason, we we feel hesitant to pray this boldly and to ask this much of God. I really feel that, and I've, I've been burdened for our church because I believe what God's trying to tell us is that He's more willing to do great things for us than we have even dared to believe. He is more willing, and I believe He's telling us right now ask, ask me. He's willing. Some of us have stopped asking maybe because we feel He's unwilling. Maybe some of us have stopped asking these kinds of prayers because we feel unworthy. Oh, God would never answer that for me. He'll do it for them. You know, if Ron and Connie pray that, I mean, they're godly people, but me never. You know, I I think those are lies from the enemy. We're worthy because of who? Jesus Christ. Amen. We let guilt and shame keep us from praying for bigger things, and, and the enemy infiltrates, and he keeps us from praying. From trusting God and from, from being a catalyst to asking for something so big that when people look, they're like, wow, look at what God did for them. I think that honors God. And so, catalyst, let me tell you, I wanna, I wanna invite you to ask boldly to take the filter off your prayers. What if we learn from Javaz's prayer that our job was simply to, simply prayer creation, and the results were in his hands? Our job is simply to pray, and no matter how big, and no matter how small and insignificant, because that's another part, right? I prayed for a parking spot the other day. I'm like, what? Why not? I pray to find my keys sometimes, right? Jesus' prayer in the garden. Do you guys remember this? I mean, if nothing else convinces you, here's your Lord. Follow his example. When he's in the garden, He says, Father, can you take this cup from me? What is he praying for? What is he praying for? Is there any other way, God, he can bring salvation? Like, do I really have to? And I don't don't even think he was praying because he was afraid of the crucifixion and the pain. I think he was praying because he, he didn't want to be separated from his father due to sin, due to him becoming sin for us. But he says, can you take this cup of suffering, separation, and all that from me? Is there another way? Man, are you kidding me, Jesus? Seriously? Right? Like, if we, if we think like that, like, why would he pray something like that when that's the reason why he came? If we really, you know, started thinking judgmentally like some Pharisees, right, would do. But that's the model for prayer. He says, take this cup from me. But then how does he end it? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And here's why we pray like this. Because when we do, we honor God. And get this, we enter into relationship with God. When you're willing to pray for the big things, for the seemingly insignificant things, and you trust him, you're entering into that relationship. You're dialoguing. And guess what will happen? He might say, yes. He might say yes to one of your big prayers and when you see it happen, you're like whoa! Right? All of us are like in awe of what God did when we prayed for him to provide a place. In my mind, I was like, yeah, just like a little 2,000 square foot place, you know, we'll do something with the kids and you know, we'll figure it out. That's what, and then he says, no, 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 here's a bigger thing and God challenged me to pray bigger prayers because that wasn't a God-sized vision. And then Praying for parking and then seemingly insignificant. Those are things. You enter into pray. And when you see God do it, you're like, man, you're amazing. But you know what will also happen? He might say no. And then he enters into a relationship with you, telling you, this is why, son. This is why this isn't good. And he teaches you through it. And he grows you through it. And he makes you wait. And he makes you patient. It's not about results when you're praying. I'm not telling you, pray this thing so that God could give you heals. It could be your Will Smith, your genie, Right? I'm telling you to pray this because it's entering into relationship. It honors God, and he's able to work in you like you've never seen before. So the question is, will you pray? Will you pray like Jabez? I want to end by leading us in prayer and praying these prayers, okay? So we're going to pray for God's blessing. We're going to pray for God to expand our territory. We're going to pray for his hand to be with us, and we're going to pray for protection from evil, so that we may not cause sin, and, I, and it's going to be really simple. I'm just going to open up. You pray for that specific thing, blessing in your life, territory, whatever. And if if you're like, I, I don't know if I can pray that yet, then ask the Lord to teach you. Ask the Lord to teach. It's okay not to be there yet. Ask the Lord teach me. Show me more, Lord. I I'm, this is intriguing to me. I I want to know more. So so let's let's all stand up for this time of prayer. It's only going to be a few minutes long. And I want us to just be us and God. The first part that we're going to pray is bless me. And bless me indeed. Bless me a lot, Lord. I want you to bless me. I want what you have for me, your goodness, to be evident in my life. Just spend a few minutes right now in the quietness of your heart to pray. And then I'll close and then we'll go to the next one. the cries of your people Lord we want to be a blessed people we know we already are so we're not saying that you haven't blessed us but we want more we want more of your blessing bless the marriages in here Lord bless the children bless the parents Lord bless our church bless the work of our hands both at our jobs and in the ministry bless our lives bless our church Bless the city that we're in. Bless the city that we will be in, Lord. We want to see your work, your goodness displayed for all to see. We want to be people who you hold up and say, see what I can do in a life that people may be attracted to you, not to us. We realize that when you bless us, then we can be a blessing to others. So bless us abundantly. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray for God to expand our territory. Ready? Go. Lord, I pray that you'd expand our influence both individually and collectively as a church. I pray, Father, for those who work in secular jobs, that you would give them opportunities to display your goodness, your glory, to share your message, to bless others, Lord God. Give us more opportunities to encourage those who are discouraged, to help those who need help, to bless those who feel abandoned, to give a word of encouragement to others and Just opportunities to share the beautiful gospel that has transformed us, Lord God. Give us more opportunities. Present them to us. May we take them. May we be bold and courageous to step out in faith as you provide those opportunities. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray for his hand to be with us. Anything that's overwhelming you right now, that you need his hand to be with you, pray for that. Lord, there's so many things that make us feel inadequate and incapable, um, underprepared. And Lord God, that's just an opportunity for us to cry out to you, to reach out to your loving, strong hands and ask you to be with us, just like a child that can't do something says, Dad, can you help me? I pray that we would be those children. Pray, Father, that your hand would be upon us, that we would see you prepare The way for conversations for even for sales for for those who are in business for um, for conversations with others for for uh, anything that we might come in contact with Lord you you need we need your hand we need you to lead us in Jesus name and all God's people said amen and then the last one is um, that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain One day, Lord, we're going to come to the end of our lives. We're going to stand before you and we're going to look back and we're either going to see things that we're just ashamed of or excited about. And I know that there's going to be a mixture of both. And, and Lord, I thank you for your grace that covers it all. At the same time, Lord, we, we want to be people who have a track record of faithfulness. Uh, we want to be people who, who left in our wake not hurt and pain, but but joy and, and salvation for people and help and encouragement that when people think of our name that they would think that person walked with God. That's the kind of legacy we want. And so protect us from evil. Protect us from the temptation. Keep us away from it so that we might be faithful as unto you so that nothing would hinder our fellowship with you our ministry for you. Lord God, we want to live a life that glorifies you. That's what we want. So would you help us and keep us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let me pray. Today's message was recorded at Catalyst Church San Diego. For more information on Catalyst Church and to find out ways to connect with us, visit our website at SD. We look forward to fellowshipping with you.